Welcome to FTK Over the Air. This is a twice a month podcast where we talk about forensics and FTK. I'm Justin Tolman here at Xtero, the host of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lynn. How are you doing, Lynn? I'm good. The world of uh, forensic product marketing here is alive and well. Doing <laughs> That's great. right. And ever-changing. We've got a lot of new stuff coming. We've talked about in the past. We're going to talk a little bit about it in this episode as well. Um, but we're shifting gears, I think, just a little bit based on some of our topics before, at least the last two episodes. We've been primarily focused on law enforcement-based investigations or like the academic program, service providers a little bit in our last episode. But in this episode, we want to talk about forensics as it applies to enterprise agent or enterprise agencies or corporations or private entities because forensics is important there. They basically stole forensics from the law enforcement community and have applied what works to their industries. Um, and I guess forensics kind of stole a lot of stuff from the IT departments back in the beginning as well. So it's a mutually beneficial theft, I think. Um, but we were talking before we hit record here about the importance of forensics in private industries. And specifically, we were talking about the medical field. We have a lot of customers in that area. And, you know, we, we kind of made the, the distinction that it's not just about uh, corporate data, like what projects they're working on or this, that, or the other thing that are like, yes, a corporation wants to keep those secret and safe, but like medical, that's your mom's data, your data. It's the story of how you decided to try to fly, Lynn. Uh, we <laughs> exactly. We, right. don't, we don't need to go through that again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and how how forensics works to protect that data. Um, and that's why things like zero trust comes in heavily because it's setting up a framework to protect that data. And we had a special guest this week to come in and talk to us about our software, how we work with Zero Trust, and how we're protecting that data specifically. We sure did. Uh, and let me tell you something about our guest. Uh, and it, it's actually really important, I think, because it speaks to who we are as a forensics company in general. Because I, I don't want everyone to assume uh, you know, that we that we operate under this guise of like, all we care about is selling products and money, money, money. I mean, sure, we're, we're a company. We need to stay in business. We sell products to stay in business, right? I mean, that's, that's all fine. But what really gets all of us jazzed up, and, and it's the reason why most of us have been here five years, 10 years, 15 years here at FTK in the same company, what really gets us jazzed up is working directly with our customers as they literally try to use the products to save the world. And, and it's like, it's not even just a cute saying like, oh, we save the world with our with FTK. It's like, no, they really are. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times it's not something we're allowed to talk about in the public eye because of the nature of these types of cases. A lot of them are really high profile. They're obviously then, you know, of course, very secretive. Um, and so we can't get on a podcast and talk about a live kidnapping Right, because that would risk the investigation that that the law enforcement agency is trying to conduct in real time, and we don't want to find ourselves like bumbling around and getting in the way of them trying to do that. But the important thing is that yes, we build these great products. We have FTK, and then a bunch of different flavors of FTK. 
But law enforcement agencies and corporations all over the world call us all the time, every single week. And they tell us about, you know, major criminal investigations that they're working on or a major breach that just happened. Um, Same, you know, with the hospital system example, like COVID happened and now everybody started working from home and they have ridiculously sensitive data to protect. And now everyone's at home with it. And like we said, in Starbucks or, you know, in an Airbnb with it. So... Uh, we have a lot of customers that are trying to solve real-life problems on the fly. Um, a lot of them are here on U.S. soil. Some of them are across the globe. Um, but they're, you know, I think the big ones that, that our guest today, I think, is probably going to be the most familiar with. Um, it's agencies that are trying to stop the things like the kidnappings and the child exploitation and the human trafficking. And they ask us for support with whatever FTK solution they're using to help them use the tool in the best way possible because they are trying to rescue people, make arrests, you know, use the intelligence that they gain from this case to hopefully stop other cases that are related um, and, you know, plug those holes in, in the, you know, the bottom feeders of society, right? So they call us and they say, hey, I have sus- a suspect's data and I need to get it processed in, you know, this amount of time and I need to get it in the hands of my investigators you know, ASAP, this is very time sensitive, and I need FTK to, you know, automatically identify someone or something in these videos or pictures. Like, I need it to do something. And, you know, because I'm not a developer of FTK, I'm a customer. Like, I don't know everything about it. So, hey, can you jump in here with an extra pair of hands and an extra brain and, and help me get to what I'm trying to get to? Um, so, you know, they are calling us asking for help, like trying to like literally in real time identify where photos were taken, where videos were taken, you know, track cell phone pings, um, you know, look at look at suspects computer data and try to figure out where they are. And do you know who fields those phone calls when they come in? I do. It's Harsh Bell. Yeah, it's Harsh Bell. It's our guest today. <laughs> so Harsh, who do they call? They call Harsh, right? Uh, Harsh has relationships with all of these agencies and all these customers. And when they need something, they call Harsh. And he figures out what resources we have here at Xtero. And he makes those resources available to the customer so that we can help them enable their FTK instance to do whatever it is that they're trying to make it do. So. The important thing here is, again, Harsh talks to customers every day, and he is talking to the most high-profile, most VIP customers that the world has, Uh, and he has a very intimate understanding of what they're using FTK for in real life. And so when he comes up with an idea for a product enhancement, because he's on our product management team, uh, part of his job is to figure out what we're going to build and when, you know, what's going to go in the next version of, 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 you know, every given FTK product. And so... It's not just a list of product enhancements that Harsh comes up with in a vacuum because we thought, you know, we thought they sounded cool. Um, the product enhancements that we put out are a direct result of the conversations that Harsh has being entrenched with all these really prestigious law enforcement agencies and these really big corporations. Um, you know, people who have three letters in their name and we are not allowed to talk about them, right? So, sure. I mean... <laughs> Uh, you know, lots of people breaking into buildings and things like that, right? That's all we can say. So a lot of these agencies are, are, are trusting Harsh, right? And so the fact that, you know, we can get him on this podcast and give everybody access to that, um, that's pretty cool. 
And and these are the types of things, you know, that, that Harsh loves to talk about. Like, what are we building and why are we building it? And like, look at all these real problems that have cropped up because of COVID and other things going on in the world. And we plug the hole as fast as we can. And we're usually the first one to get there. Uh, and that is why we have, you know, lesions of, of, of uh, you know, devoted FTK fans across the world. So, so Harsh is our guest today. He, uh, <laughs> he has the world's most dashing profile picture on LinkedIn. I'm going to go ahead and give him that award. Yeah. Go check out his page uh, on LinkedIn and connect with him there. He should absolutely be Harsh's friend. Uh, and so I think without, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get to our conversation with Harsh Bale. Absolutely. Thanks, Lynn. All right, Lynn, now we have our guest here with us, and it's, it's a good one. Uh, we have Harsh Bell, who is the Director of Product Management here at Xtero. Welcome, Harsh. How's it going? Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Lynn. <clears throat> so glad to be here, and um, I'm very happy you called. You have a good one today. I have a good one. All right, uh, to the audience, my name is Harsh Behel and I'm the Director of Product Management for the Forensic Suite at Xtero. I came over from the Access Data side of house, so prior to the acquisition, I've been working um, at Access Data. And in my previous life, I've had the experience of working with a distributor of forensic products, a partner of uh, a partner or a reseller of forensic products and then being an investigator myself um, and then we had the chance to work in India, uh, East Africa, Middle East, US and then finally settled in the UK. But that's me Justin. Yeah, that's, that's quite the globetrotting uh, resume you have there Harsh. Are you settling down in the UK or is this just a stop uh, till your next one? No, I think I have to settle down in the UK. My wife loves it here and she's not going to let me move. <laughs> that's, it. that's literally the answer right there. You yeah. just, you're done. You're done now. You're in the UK forever. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today was FTK Enterprise and FTK Central. FTK Central being kind of the newest member of the family of FTK, um, is adding a lot of cool things. We don't have time to talk about them all today, but one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about specifically, because it's a topic that is super popular right now, Harsh, it's a buzzword as you know, is zero trust. And specifically how, honestly, we were ahead of the game when it came to this zero trust adoption, but we want you to talk about how FTK Central and FTK Enterprise, maybe a little more, how we're in that space in the zero trust area. And you know what, for one second, I just wanna make sure, because I know everyone in this audience is probably a forensic professional, right? Um, but let's just make sure we all can raise our hand when we say I can succinctly give the definition and understanding of zero trust, right? So when we talk about that in, in, in our capacity for our tools, um, it's the trust no one model, correct, right? It's the never trust, always verify. So whenever you have a computer in your network that is trying to connect to a server or another computer or whatever is happening, um, you know, and, and again, especially now that everyone is working from home with COVID and they're working from coffee shops and they're working from Airbnbs, 
and they're working from all kinds of weird places that do not have like secured encrypted Wi-Fi. Um, you know, they're on crazy public networks. Um, when that computer wants to, you know, like log in and connect to the network, um, we in the zero trust model, because you might assume that that computer is Lynn sitting in her uh, coffee shop down the street, just trying to get onto the company network, but with zero trust, might look like Lynn, it might look like Lynn's computer, but we do not trust, we never trust, we always verify. So even if Lynn 10 minutes ago, before she ordered her latte, connected to that network, if she got up, left, came back, and then tried to reconnect, we were like, I don't care that you just were connected. You, Lynn could have been kidnapped and replaced in her seat by someone trying to hack us. And so we do not trust you. You must re-verify. Correct? Does that everyone feel good about, that? Good about that? Wow. That's so appropriately put, Lynn. I really wish my technical product managers had all the knowledge you have. Time to switch jobs now. You're coming over to product. No, I declined. <laughs> that's all I know. No, that's all I know. Um, no, but but I think from, from our perspective and our products, um, when we are trying to, you know, FTK, old school FTK was physically plugging into a computer to run a collection, right? And there was a cable that you physically plugged in, like you knew, you know, what was connecting. Um, with FTK Enterprise and FTK Central, um, and I know, I hope most everybody knows what those products are. There are a lot more FTKs than just FTK. Um, FTK Central and FTK Enterprise are doing remote collections, and they can even do remote collection uh, from an endpoint that is off the network. Okay, so that's why this is important, um, because we're not sitting in offices anymore um, with LANs and connected physical wires running up through the ceiling um, to make sure we're all connected to the network in a secure manner. Like, again, we're sitting in an Airbnb because we can. And so our products, uh, it's very important that our products follow along with this zero trust, you know, trust no one. Um, are you really Lynn or are you, you know, Lynn's kidnapper? Um, it's very important that we stick to this model um, and this authentication method because Again, this is this is very very uh, hot topic now all over the world, and it's critical that our products follow this this methodology. So, just wanted to set the level playing field here. I have not been kidnapped, but if I was, I would expect the Xterra network to not let me in. So, yeah. Okay, Harsh, tell us more about this as it relates to the products, what we're building, what we've already built, what's on our roadmap, what's important to us, all those things. Sounds good, yeah. So you very well defined what Zero Trust Network is. Um, never trust, always verify. And I feel it's that added layer of security which uh, most of the organizations are abiding by now. Um, in the US, there's a mandate uh, that public uh, organizations have to move to Zero Trust Network. And I feel it's gonna add a lot of um, extra cushion and um, it's, it's great for organizations to take um, cybersecurity this seriously and you know they're, they're doing all they can to prevent eventually users data right so that's what's happening here in terms of zero trust network um, impacting forensics it's important for the organizations who are uh, today doing incident response and remote collections 
uh, on how Zero Trust Network is going to impact their workflows. Within Zero Trust Network, no organization is going to have a control where they can call to an endpoint outside of the organization um, from, from within the deployed, um, you know, remote collection softwares, which they are using today. Take FTK Enterprise, for example, right? If we did, if we had not built the technology the way we've built, our, our customers would be absolutely fractured today um, to collect over the network, especially if the Zero Trust Network had been implemented, right? But because we had built the technology with the help of site servers, um, something which allows the organizations to connect to the endpoints outside of their corporate network, allowing them to collect from the off-network machines. It will. It also gives them the ability to collect from within the zero trust network uh, uh, infrastructure. Just to confirm, so when we talk about site servers, um, that allows us to do those off-network collections. Mm -hmm. um, we do call them a public site server, correct? Yes, that is correct. We call Let's, them public. Can you server. make sure to explain to us that they're not really public? <laughs> yeah, the public's. <laughs> what a public site server uh, really means is that if an agent you had deployed is sitting in a public network um, at a coffee shop in a hotel it knows which server do I need to go and talk to to send the data back. It's fully authenticated, it's fully encrypted when the data is sent back and it's sent in the forensic container back so that we can maintain the forensic integrity of the collection. It's very important for our customers to know that um, we authenticate the each and every transaction which is happening between the endpoint as well and the site server and then actually um, to the agent or to the FTK enterprise. That's how the uh, that's how the public site server works. The only reason it is called public site server is that it can talk to public IPs so that the agent knows that where it has to go and talk to. It's not like any any agent can come and talk to this public site server, right? Um, so that's that's why it's called public site server. Perfect. And that fits into this whole zero trust. Absolutely. That is what enables the organizations to do the collections in zero trust network. The way it works is within a zero trust network is that you cannot initiate a collection or a connection internally. So you have to wait for the endpoint to come back and say, hey, I have, I am trying to come in. Can you let me in? And that's where our site server comes in and say, actually this endpoint looks like I need to verify you. So it verifies it, follows the model of zero trust network, um, you know, uh, always verify. So it verifies the agent, it verifies the data it's trying to send. And once it is verified, it sends the data back to the DMZ or wherever the customer has set up the um, collection uh, storage boxes, right? So that's how we enable our customers to already do collections in a zero trust network. Um, we can help our customers um, today setting up the collections via site server. We have a very professional and profound services team who are expert at doing this. 
And the added advantage with our site servers is that one, you can um, do off network or zero trust collections, but at the same time, you can abide by the rules of the country in which you are performing the collection. For example, if an entity is trying to collect the data from Europe and they're not try they're not allowed to bring data back to US, they can specifically um, design the environment in a way that Europe data stays in Europe and it doesn't leave that GDPR compliance uh, model. So, so we were already ahead of the game, I would say, uh, and we've had this technology for a really long time. So it's a great one for our customers to utilize it now. One of the, one of the things too with this, um, Harsh, is that one of the tenants or one of the aspects of zero trust is specifically that you have to have an inventory of all your devices and resources. But more than that, you have to be able to respond to them whether they're on or off the network. It's it's right there in zero trust and that agent, whether it's in the network or off the network, our enterprise agent allows us to comply with that aspect of zero trust as well. Not just, yes, we work within it, but we're also complying with the policy of you have to be able to respond. And with our agent, you can create uh, collections, you can remediate, and then in, in a lot of cases, you can even preview, correct? That is absolutely correct, Justin. That's that's hundred percent correct. And I, I think um, because the, the stretch might be is, well, if it's gonna be a hassle to do zero trust on these, we just won't trust them when they're off the network and we'll just leave it alone. But a corporation can't do that because one, their resources are traveling, but two, zero trust mandates in the US and many, many other countries dictate nope you can't just let things fly you have to you have to be able to manage them no matter where they are yeah and just to add to what you're saying right uh, it's important to have referenceable customers so i think it's great that we're talking about this today and i can already tell the uh, audience that we have customers here in the us and europe using our product under zero trust network uh, infrastructure successfully doing hundreds of collections and if any of our customers listening to this podcast would like to you know talk to the other customers um, to learn from them how they implemented zero trust network how forensic collections are working we have a few friendlies who are able to become the reference and walk the other customers through it as well so that's another thing we can help our customers with we're also looking forward to coming up with some white papers um, specially designed around zero trust network collections. Lynn is going to do them. Um, so I'm sure our customers will benefit from those as well. I'm sure everyone is so excited and they just can't wait for that. I, I think people really need to focus on that though, Harsh. That's a great point about communication between agencies on securing. Um, the CISA playbooks for incident response and vulnerability came out uh, in November of 2021. So just about five or six months ago from the time of this recording. And part of those playbooks, a big part of it is communication outside of your agency, communicating with CISA, communicating with other agencies. And um, I know the Coast Guard is already starting to build a network like this as well where they share information. And I think 
uh, here at Xtero, with our technology and our connections, we can be part of that positive communication cycle to help protect, you know, everybody together through that communication. Sounds absolutely right, Justin. I just can't uh, agree more on the communication aspect. The more our customers talk to each other, the better is for the it is for the whole community and for us. Um, the end goal is to make our customers' lives easier with our products. So I think communication is a big piece of it. Yeah. So Harsh, we as we've developed some of this uh, zero trust uh, compliance, but some of our communication in this environment, we've partnered with other providers as well. Can you shed a little bit more light on that uh, in some of the features and some of the benefits of our partnerships in this area? Absolutely. So as I said, we've always been compliant to zero trust network collection. So a customer can today do a full disk collection, a logical collection, or a filtered collection um, in a zero trust network already. But we have been uh, working with um, some of our users or some of our customers as well as some prominent technologies who are today um, responsible for deploying zero trust networks like zscaler as well so we are uh, working hand in hand with zscaler to build um, the first in the industry of network life review or zero trust network life review we are building the um, technology which will help customers to live preview the system before they even collect the files um, of an endpoint in a zero trust network or let's say from an off network machine. Um, this just opened a whole world of faster and efficient collections. Our customers love to search for data before they want to collect. So the culling of the data can happen before they're transferring anything over the wire, right? Why this is important is time is of a sense in these investigations. So the lesser data you are collecting, the better it is for you. So this gives them, this gives our customers the ability to live preview the data at the endpoint, choose selectively choose what they want to acquire, and then do a full-fledged forensic collection of whatever they need um, and they can to totally create um, filters around what they need or they can just run some searches review the data and you know then do the full collection so yeah we are building that technology and then very close to releasing it as well for the public offering right now zscaler um, Z is helping us test it within a zero trust network so very thankful for them as well but i feel all our mutual customers are going to benefit from it and a last thing to add to that the technology is being built in a way that no matter the provider of zero trust network um, in the organization the technology is going to work with whichever uh, whichever vendor has implemented zero trust network in our customers environment but right now we are explicitly working with zero it. I don't think we can quite oversell the um, importance of this because I think we're we're way ahead of the game in this area and already 
I was already ready. We're we're ready to go now. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I want to um, use this podcast opportunity to extend in, and invite for beta testing our um, our off network live review or zero twist network live review before it even hits the market. We have quite a few customers interested and who are willing to work with us on beta um, before it comes out. But the customers who are listening to this podcast and are interested in beta testing our off-network live review or zero trust network live review capabilities, please feel free to reach out to Justin or myself or Lynn and um, we will get you going. Yeah, so Justin, we'll put a we'll put an email address in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's this is this is why you should be subscribing to this podcast. Uh, and if you are and your friends are not, you should encourage them to subscribe. Yeah, like these are things that we're working on right now. Uh, and we would love, obviously, for everybody to kind of give it a go in the real world and help us, you know, understand your real life infrastructure, your workflow, all the tools that you're using, what you need it to do, what you don't need it to do. Um, yeah, we'd love you to be in the beta testing group. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put a we'll put an email address in the show notes so that you can email us about this directly, um, and 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 come right to Justin and I, and, and we'll get you to Harsh and get you signed up. So, yeah, it would be wonderful if we could. I mean, you know, it's old, the old saying like we didn't develop it in a vacuum. Uh, we don't want to develop it in a vacuum. Uh, we want to make sure that in the real world, wherever you know, wh- wh- however you are set up, and wherever people are strewn about, uh, in terms of folks that work in your company and where they are and and what they're doing and and how they're connecting um, to all the tools that you use. Yeah, we want to make sure that we're building this for you. Um, We're not building it for Justin and I, that's for sure. Uh, We're building it for you. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Harsh. I hope a lot of people take us up on that because that's a really, a really neat thing to be able to be a part of. Well, speaking of community driven development, um, since we have Harsh on it, we'll switch gears just a touch, but still focusing on our collections. We've been working on a product that will be coming out um, this summer, uh, FTK Connect, which will allow organizations to automate this process of collection or response to indicators of compromise, or let's be honest, Harsh, we could pretty much do whatever since it is an API, um, but Harsh and team have been hard at work building just the slickest and easiest to use user interface for that. Um, and and so these things that Harsh has been talking about, like collection and um, remediation and this stuff within a zero trust environment, we will be able to automate those based on triggers, based on preset constraints, all that sort of stuff. And you don't have to be uh doctorate in programming to do that harsh what was kind of the genesis of the ftk connect integration for these types of workflows absolutely justin i i'm super excited to talk talk about ftk connect and as as i said in the beginning of the podcast the end goal is to make our customers lives easier with our technology and that's where during our research a lot of the organizations have been adopting or wanting to adopt automation in their cybersecurity infrastructure. 
they want to orchestrate the usage of the um, of the tools which they've bought they want to automate the uh, automate for better collection and incident response so that the overall lab efficiency can improve and there was a big hurdle we saw or a big need in the market especially our customers came to us and said hey most of the products coming out are api based yes there are advanced customers who love working with apis who can afford to have um, developers around it but we are not at this scale we need something to be able to build automations easily cleanly and that's what ftk connect is all about we've built ftk connect to orchestrate streamline and automate your daily workflows so that the time you're today spending on doing the basic tasks of initiating a collection, doing uh, creating a case, adding evidence, basic search term um, uh, culling, right? All of that you can automate. So we have been also talking to organizations who today struggle to respond timely to an incident or in case of an ransomware attack right they they failed just to collect the forensic image which might have um, along with the memory acquisition which might have even given them some recovery keys or at least help them to preserve data from their most important assets ftk connect solves those problems ftk connect stays ahead of the game does not need manual human intervention and allows you to build your own custom workflows so that the tool can act on it when you are not sitting in front of it. And as Lynn says, it is it, it keeps working even when you are not working. And I love that phrase. So that's the whole power of FTK Connect. Let's you build cool automations and execute them at the right trigger point. And in the zero trust network, now relating it back to zero trust network. It, it makes it a cakewalk for our users. As soon as you get an alert from Splunk, Palo Alto, or even Zscaler, <clears throat> the collections from the remote endpoints get initiated automatically, and you can get, um, and it, it, it just transfers or collects the data and then makes them ready for review by the time you're back in front of your computer. I hope that yeah, uh, like that helps you understand it in a little nutshell. Yeah, as I like to say, like FTK Connect is open twenty four hours, right? It's 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 Walmart. It's open twenty four hours. It's always working. Um, you know, no matter what time it is, if something happens and your seam or your SOAR platform detects some sort of incident, event, intrusion, right? FTK Connect can receive that 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 warning bell and, and immediately preserve the data on the endpoint that we suspect is having the issue. Um, and the other thing, I think the big thing about FTK Connect, you know, again, we've always been able to do API scripting for, for a little while. Um, but what good is that if no one on your team knows how to do it, right? Like if you are in a in, in a corporate IT department or you're at a law enforcement agency, you know, raise your hand if you you or anybody on your team is an extremely accomplished professional, you know, Python scripter, API script writer. Um, you know, you can literally sit down and write these things from scratch. Um, if you can, that's amazing. Um, you're in the minority, and so it, automation is no good 
unless you can actually program it and actually figure out how to make it run. And I think that's the problem in the market right now is that, yeah, there's a lot of tools that can that can run API scripts uh, and you can create your own, but the talent pool of people who know how to do that uh, is not big enough for everybody in America to have one of their own of those people on staff. So yeah, great, automation can save the world. Every, everything needs to be automated, but if you don't know how to program it, Right, it's like it's like the equivalent of us old folks trying to program, you know, DVRs and VCRs, and we, you know, you always had to say, oh, go ask your kid to go program that for you. <laughs> um, you know, now it's now we're asking them to program, you know, other things like our, you know, our video games and our, you know, smart refrigerators and all these other devices that we have. But if you can't figure out how to do it, it's not going to do what it's supposed to do because you never even got it out of the box. So having this new interface, this new UI for FTK Connect literally allows people to take it out of the box and use it and not just hope that they know how to use it or wish they could use it. Um, they can implement it and, and, and do it. It's like a drag and drop interface. Uh, and you just, you know, you say, I want this. When this event happens, I want this next thing to happen after that. And then after that happens, I want this next thing to happen. Um, it's ridiculously simple. Um, and so, yes, automation is wonderful, um, but, it, but it is not of use to you if you can't make it run. Yeah, Lynn, I think I forwarded you in Harsh, but if I didn't, I'll have to. I just read an article two weeks ago um, that in the U.S. alone, there will be 600,000. How they got that number, I'm not sure, but 600,000 jobs short in the security industry. So... It's not even, it's not that FTK Connect is seeking to replace people. You don't have the people. FTK Connect and automation through that can, can help mitigate and solve that problem. Like, I don't have somebody I can pay to sit through at 2 a.m. in the morning. FTK Connect can, though. And then it's working uh, while your team is is preparing to do what they do best, which is analysis and deciding where to go and communicating like we talked about. Um, so this shortage, and it's only going to get worse of personnel, corporations, agencies, whether law enforcement or private, public sector or private, need to be looking at automation um, because the supply of people is just not there right now. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something that people will say quite frequently is, ugh, I don't want automation. That's going to take my job away. Um, and so again, you know, raise your hand if, you know, if you were the API scripting guru in your organization, um, I, I don't think a lot of us are. Um, and, and, and if you are, if, if you're doing that, then you can't be doing the other things that you're supposed to be doing, right? And so, yeah, do, can we really afford to bring on another human being just to build you know these automations and make them run and make our tools talk to each other and and again be able to do that at three in the morning when someone from another continent is you know potentially trying to create an intrusion into your environment so um yeah i don't i don't i, th I think the i think the initial argument where a lot of people pushed back on automation in terms of it you know replacing people not for this type of automation i'm sure in other industries absolutely but in terms of you know incident response and DFIR and, you know, cyber intrusions. Yeah, you've got, you have to have automation running or you are not going to be able to preserve and collect all the evidence sitting on the machine 
that is being affected. It's not going to be there when you get in at 7 a.m. All those traces and all those little breadcrumbs that you might have been able to capture, they're going to be gone. And it will be much, much harder for you to conduct your investigation to figure out, uh, you know, how the intrusion happened and how to plug it so that it doesn't happen again. Uh, if you if you wait that long, all, a lot of that evidence and a lot of that data is going to be gone. So you've got you, you just you just have to have automation to have all those programs talk to each other because you are in bed sleeping, and uh, <laughs> you you're not going to physically be there. So again, that's I think why you know we get excited when we talk about this because it's not just that we built an automation tool. Again, a lot of people have automation tools. You can actually use this one <laughs> in real life for real. Um, and I think that's really important because, again, it, like Justin said, there's hundreds of thousands of open positions that I think people would love to be able to fill. Um, there aren't enough skilled workers and there's not enough budget, even if we could hire them. Um, not everybody has budget for that. So can't, can't, cannot stress this enough. You know, you've got to take a look at this product. Um, this is, it's not a product pitch uh, and, and more so in just saying, look at the holes you have in your workflow and the holes that you have in your personnel and, and who can do what and who knows how to do what. And you're going to need something. Well, Harsh, since you're in the UK, it's, it's probably about bedtime since you work on crazy <laughs> US schedules. Is there anything you want to close out with? Any last messages, call to actions for our listeners here before we let you go back to bed? Yeah, the I think it's very important to tell our audience that uh, since the acquisition, Extero has enabled the old access data technology to improve and offer our customers truly groundbreaking solutions and we are hard at work. We want to solve the problems of our customers which they which are not being solved today, which other vendors are finding it hard to solve, and at the same time offer the same forensics depth and breadth and integrity while uh, which access data has always offered. So we will always be a true forensic company offering the true forensic solutions to our customers and we remain dedicated to it. And the more chances we have to speak to you, to our customers, the more feedback we get, the better our products get to make your lives easier. So I want to thank all of your listeners who've been tuning in, who've been using our products, who've been um, helping us make our products great and to both of you who've put this um, podcast together and given me another opportunity to speak to the customers so on that note thank you everybody for listening in and i hope this was insightful for you and i look forward to many more communications and chats with you thanks harsh thanks lynn no problem i think that echoes what we said on episode number one remember we said spoiler alert the acquisition's great been going great that's right like they just they're, they're letting us you know take the vision that we have and bring it to life um and harsh literally brings that vision to life that is his job at the company is to talk to all of you out there out in the world uh and and find out what you need and what's working and what's not working so that we can build the product and and, and bring you what you need and stereo fully enables us to be able to do that so yeah we're pretty lucky Thank you. All right. We'll see everybody in two weeks in the next episode. And thanks again, Harsh and Lynn. And we'll talk to you again sometime.
Thank you, Justin. Thanks. Bye-bye.